0: So, usually what you would have to do with a web application is mm-hmm. uh, to wrap it somehow using, for example, something like Cordova or something like that. Yeah, Cordova. Yeah. And so that you can create a native application and then you have to deal with all the app stores and yeah. each one is different, right? So, yeah. well, let's say at least two of them, which are the... the Biggest ones, right?
1: Apple Store and Play Store,
0: yeah. Exactly. And so, but you have to spend time on it. Mm -hmm. Then you have to maintain both. Then the users have to install the app. Mm -hmm. Each user has to install the app. And let's say you create a new version of the app that fixes bugs or adds new functionality.
1: Yeah.
0: Every user has to download the new app or update. update. Okay
1: with so, a progressive
0: web application what you have is a, a classic uh, web application that you deploy to one server and you control that server you install it there yeah and then all the users are going to see the latest when they just click on the or touch the the icon
1: You're listening to the Vadin Insider Podcast, a show aiming to uncover the processes, mental models, and tools that go into building mission-critical enterprise business applications. We interview business and technical stakeholders involved in the enterprise application development lifecycle and share the lessons learned from building business applications that run the global economy. In this episode, we have Alejandro Duarte, who's a software engineer and a developer relations manager at Wadin, walk us through a COVID 19 business dashboard he built as a progressive web application in Java just over a weekend. We chat about the tech stack and his application development process, including searching for the web services for the data, the web components used, and the time breakdown of each phase. We also discuss how a progressive web application can be a cost saving opportunity for enterprises with multiple native iOS and Android and web applications for a single business process. Alejandro is also the author of two books, namely Data-Centric Applications with Vadin 8 and Wadin 7 UI Design by Example. He's passionate about software development with Java technologies and very active on Twitter. You can find him at the rate Alejandro underscores DU. We hope you enjoy this episode. So Alejandro, the 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 COVID dashboard that you built looks amazing. At first, uh, why don't you? Where did the idea came in your head? Hey, let me just go build this COVID dashboard in Vadin.
0: Uh, well, it turns out I was uh, maybe surfing the web and I started seeing to see a lot of uh, dashboards and and I thought like, uh, how hard would it be to build a dashboard like this uh, using uh, a tool like Vadin? Yeah. And, and so I just went ahead and, and tried. Uh, it was uh, uh, like a weekend uh, kind of project in uh, a hobby project if you wish and yeah. uh and so i thought well let's give it a try okay and and uh, first i spent like let's say a couple of hours researching on web services that would provide the data for yeah. the dashboard yeah. and uh, i picked one that was pretty cool yeah and i started coding an spring app trying to connect to this web service which was fairly easy also uh, mm-hmm. to be honest it was like probably five minutes and i had the all the data in my Java objects Perfect. and thought, okay, let's uh, build a very simple view for these, these yeah. data. Mm-hmm. So I just installed or added Vadin charts. Mm-hmm. And again, uh, to be honest, it was like, I don't know, 10 minutes. And then I had this first version of the application with real data. Yeah, mm-hmm. of course it was, it, it didn't look like that great with the styles and everything, Yeah, but you can see the data already. Yeah. And so I thought, like, yeah, well, let's complete this project. And I uh, ended up uh, spending uh, the weekend, not crazy hours or anything, just uh, uh, around the, yeah, like having <laughs> fun during the weekend yeah. coding, you know, these times <laughs> you have a lot of free time, so.
1: Yeah. Okay, so I, so we're using, uh, was in 14 or 15?
0: That was okay. about in uh, 14, but it should be fairly easy. I think it's as easy as just adding the, or changing the version. It. Yeah.
1: In file. Okay. So we're for the front end. I heard some spring there. So spring for the back end, and, you know, and is it pure Java? So you are logic on the server in Java.
0: Yeah. So I'm a Java guy. So I just wanted to code Java. Okay. All right. I did some CSS though, but, but mostly Java.
1: Okay. So, so the data you found, you know, web service out there and then pretty much pick the one that was relevant. So is the data right now, and for those of you listening, you know, I will include the the dashboard, the URL on the show notes here. So how is, is the data real time updated, your data source?
0: So, yeah. So what I did was uh, I'm connecting to our external web service. Mm-hmm. There are plenty of web services right now providing uh, data around the coronavirus. And, yeah. and I picked one and they were, uh, it was funny because, so I picked one that looked amazing. It had the information I needed or I wanted yeah. for the app. Mm-hmm. And it was updated every day according to their documentation. Yeah. But then, I don't know, a, a few hours later or during the weekend, I don't know, at some point they announced that they wouldn't maintain the service anymore. Oh, man. So okay. They were not updating the, the, the data. But yeah. fortunately, then I found another a replacement, let's say, with mm-hmm. kind of, almost the same data. Okay. Uh, I would dare to say that even the, the quality of the data is better. And I just changed, I didn't change much on the, let's say on the front uh, end or the dividing the views. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did, but it was because I wanted to improve the code, but but I just connected to the new web service, generated new Java objects that matched their responses and, and that was it. So now it's according to how what they announced, they are updating this every few hours. I don't know what it means, but... Also, I, what I put in the application was a cache, mm-hmm. so it doesn't uh, request the web service all the time. Mm-hmm. The, the data, it's gonna be almost the same uh, most of the time. Yeah. And it, this cache is cleared every six hours right now mm-hmm. or something like that.
1: Okay, all right, so let's talk about the, the, the single page of the application itself. What are the different uh, web components that you're using there? I heard charts.
0: Yeah. So charts, obviously you see the two charts there, there's this uh, small component. Uh, it's one line of code, literally the cookie consent. Oh, okay. Uh,
1: okay. okay. We are using cookie stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's something required in, in some apps in, in Europe yeah. anyway. And there is the, the most interesting one to be honest, uh, well, besides charts. Yeah. Was the board, Viden board component. Which, how, uh, how was it interesting? Yeah, it's interesting because so I wanted these two this application to be responsive, mm-hmm. so that it will look great on a desktop big yeah. screen yep and on a smaller screen on a phone yeah and so but I'm a java guy again, so yeah. I didn't want to do much with c s responsiveness yeah yeah I didn't have time for that, and I'm not good at that too so. and this is a one man project right
1: yeah
0: so um, one man,
1: one man weekend project, to ship a dashboard. <laughs>
0: Exactly, pretty much. And it turned out exactly like that. And and so I added the w v- board. Then I just kind of add keep adding components into this. This is like a layout. So I mm-hmm. add the charts, I add these numbers, and and then the board kind of shows everything in a nice way, depending on how big uh it is. Yeah. I didn't have to do anything, literally nothing to configure the the board. Mm-hmm. And as you can see, it looks just great.
1: Okay, so the board component helps you to make it responsive and you don't have to play around with CSS.
0: And it, it, it does look yeah. great. And, you know,
1: for those of you listening, I highly recommend clicking the link. So there on the, there's a way, you know, you click on for different countries to check the stats to populate the visualization. Are you using any sort of, you know, lazy loading or anything? What, what's the search bar uh, component actually, the, the drop-down?
0: The, yeah, that's a, a combo box that's oh, included box. in the, in the core of that. yeah, that's the other component. Good point. Okay. Uh, so, yes. of course I'm using this, the core components such as yeah, the combo box, the, some vertical layout so that things are yeah. uh, shown like in a column and, yeah. uh, well, images and text, et cetera. Yeah.
1: And for the combo box with uh, 180 or however countries exist in the world, the rows, are you using any stuff to, cause it's pulling the data from the server, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, so right now, the, the implementation, it's pretty simple. It just, grab, it just uh, grabs all the, the countries, in this case, Yeah. from the web service, and okay. it puts them in the, in the combo box. Mm-hmm. Now, they are kind of, they're lazy loaded, but that's a feature that it's, uh, uh, you, you get out of the box with the combo box component.
1: Mm, okay.
0: So I'm not doing anything for lazy loading there. It's not that much data. Okay. Uh, but but for example, something I could do is to programmatically also request and and send only the data that it's needed to the to the Vadin view. But that's yeah. independent of Vadin. So and Vadin uh, automatically uh, that's an advantage of these components. Mm-hmm. Kind of it sends to the browser only what it makes sense to to send. So exactly. not all the countries, but just a few.
1: Interesting, very interesting. So one thing that caught my eyes was, it's a progressive web app, there's this whole install thing, and I went and installed on my mobile, and damn, this looks so clean. So what did you have to do to make it a progressive web app?
0: Oh yeah, well, I spent like another month doing it. No, not really. It was super easy. You just add an annotation there. Maybe I had to, most of the time went trying to find a free icon for it. So I oh, know. I, okay. <laughs> <laughs> then I write an annotation, a Java annotation. Yeah. I configure, I don't know, it's like a couple of names and the location of the icon, mm-hmm. mm. an annotation really. So, so there's just one line it. of
1: code uh, annotation that makes it a PWA by default. Yeah. Is that like a Vadin VAD feature?
0: Yeah. What is that? It is included in Vadin. So you just, uh, type at PWA configure okay. some things there and, uh, Interesting. Pretty cool.
1: So I want to stay a little bit here in PWA. So what's happening right now is, you know, technology business leaders they are now forced to focus on cost savings, and there's a lot of legacy systems, and there's iOS, Android, web, you know, multiple instances for the same data application, business application, where it doesn't, where the company enterprises are not monetizing on the app store, and they just have to ask their employees to go install it for their devices. So progressive web app is a great business use case to cut cost. My question would be, what is the, how are things happening right now, in terms of deploying, you know, applications for different devices, and where where do you see progressive web app really helping uh, enterprises to, to you know, create lower the total cost of ownership of the application portfolio.
0: Yeah, so so my opinion is that progressive web applications right now, we still need some help mostly by Safari to mm-hmm. make them like succeed, I would say. Mm-hmm. But but the idea and and the, some of the elements on if you don't have all the things about progressive web applications, PWAs, mm-hmm. uh, you still can gain a lot of, of benefits around it. So usually what you would have to do with a web application is uh, to wrap it somehow using, for example, something like Cordova or something like that. Yeah,
1: Mm Cordova.
0: Yeah. And so that you can create a native application and then you have to deal with all the app stores and each one is different, right? So, well, let's say at least two of them, which are the the biggest ones, right?
1: Apple Store and Play Store,
0: yeah. Exactly. And so, but you have to spend time on it. Then you have to maintain both. Then the users have to install the app. Mm -hmm. Each user has to install the app. And let's say you create a new version of the app that fixes bugs or adds new functionality. Yeah. Every user has to download the new app. Or update. Update. Okay. With a progressive web application, what you have is a a classic uh, web application that you deploy to one server, and you Mm -hmm. control that server. You install it there. Yeah, and then all the users are going to see the latest when they just click on the or touch the the icon,
1: icon. of your application. That is fascinating. That's interesting. So right now, even though they are just wrapping Cordova, they have to deal with the App Store, you know, requirements. And once you deploy, they still have to maintain multiple code bases, test them, update them, and then making the user install. And then with each new update, the user has to go update, click again. All of this is gone with Progressive Web. Mm-hmm
0: pretty much so it's like combining the features of native apps cuz you can from a progressive web app you have the ability to access also for example the camera and the microphone the notifications wow. the multimedia uh, controls for showing like videos or music mm-hmm. and and so these are features that you don't have on a, on the browser mm-hmm. oh, so you combine those with the benefits of the what you get uh, you so, use the browser yes. which is a, mm-hmm. Uh, distribution of the application.
1: Yeah, so it's it's pulling the hardware applica- uh, camera and then just running with the browser stuff and just giving the amazing user experience it's like a native yeah. look and feel. Uh, Only that wh- you
0: don't have to to use the br- The end user doesn't have to to use the browser and and. Time yeah, it's
1: already installed. Which yeah, which I can see can be a pain in the ass. Uh, so you mentioned Safari is a little bit of bottleneck. What's what's there? So, so
0: there, there, there's just some features that, that prevent showing the, the prompt to install the app. But, well, let's see how it evolves. Uh, uh,
1: okay. You
0: can still, so you can still add, it's similar to how you would bookmark uh, a URL, a website. Yeah. You just go there and it's, I think it's the share option. And then you find there is something like a, a pin or something, I don't know. Let's say it's pinned to to the home screen or, or screen or, or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. And then you get the icon the same, and then when you invoke the application, it's full screen without all the browser uh, controls, mm. like the you know the URL and back and forth, button, the title, and anything of that. Uh, it's just full screen.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Sounds interesting. Yeah. Uh, where can people uh, developers uh, get access to the source code if they want to look at it?
0: Yeah. So maybe we can put a, a link, or uh, you can put a link to it. Uh, it's on GitHub. They okay. can play with the 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 source code have a look at maybe something that they can use in their own projects or even to contribute to this project why not
1: yeah wonderful hey uh Leander, that was uh really helpful and interesting to learn about PWAs, and yeah i mean if you can if it's possible to build this kind of clean business uh, dashboard in over a week and i hope more people will give it a shot
0: <laughs> yeah yeah it's a very interesting exercise
1: because i mean enterprises you know Throwing a dashboard in an application, you literally go, you know, six figure when it comes to selling a SaaS product. So <laughs> that's, yeah. that's that's how enterprises look at things. But anyway, hey Alejandro, thanks again. Uh, yeah, enjoy your time in uh, Colombia. And that's a wrap up for this episode. If you're interested to be a guest in the show, or you have topics you would like to learn more about related to enterprise application development. Find us at vadin dot com slash podcast.